Good morning. morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. When something goes really well for a Christian, we've been known to break out into the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Today, we'll consider more who that is from whom all blessings flow, our one true and triune God. We'll follow the order of service as it's printed out for you in your worship folder, beginning with the first hymn.
please stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. God invites us to come into his presence and worship him with humble and penitent hearts. Therefore, let us acknowledge our sinfulness and ask him to forgive us. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all that we need in life and for the wisdom to use all your gifts with gratitude and joy, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the steadfast assurance that nothing can separate us from your love and for the courage to stand firm against the assaults of Satan and every evil, hear our prayer, O Christ. For the well-being of your holy church in all the world, and for those who offer here their worship and praise, hear our prayer, O Lord. Merciful God, maker and preserver of life, uphold us by your power and keep us in your tender care. The works of the Lord are great and glorious. His name is worthy of praise. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, dwelling in majesty and mystery, filling and renewing all creation by your eternal spirit and manifesting your saving grace through our Lord Jesus Christ, in mercy cleanse our hearts and lips that free from doubt and fear we may ever worship you, one true immortal God, with your Son and the Holy Spirit, living and reigning now and forever. Please be seated for the scripture lessons. Our first lesson today, taken from the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 6, blessings from our triune God. God wanted his name from very early times to be used to bless. And this is the Aaronic benediction that we still use in our worship services today. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites 
and I will bless them. This is the word of our God. Our second lesson today, taken from Romans chapter 5, serves as the basis for our sermon. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the word of our God. We sing the verse of the day together. stand in honor of the gospel. Our gospel for today taken from John 16. As you read through those events of Maundy Thursday recorded on John 13 through 17, Jesus gives us so much insight into the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See in these words, these brief four verses, just how Jesus talks about the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and how through the Spirit they bring us the truth. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn, noting that the soloist will sing the first verse, and everyone is invited to join along in verses 2 and 3. Thank you. 
mercy and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, all by the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon this morning, taken from Romans chapter 5. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. He boasted that no bond or bar could hold him in. He traveled all over the world, shaking free from handcuffs and escaping out of prisons, straitjackets, and water tanks. He was so confident that he even challenged anyone out there, anyone in the general public, to construct a contraption that would keep him confined. Everywhere he went, it was called out just how fearless and bold and courageous he was. Harry Houdini lived a little over a century ago, or about a century ago. It was around the end of his life. So confident, left crowds baffled and amazed. You and I have known what it feels like to be handcuffed. Handcuffed to that temptation that we can't seem to overcome. 
handcuffed to doubts about the past and the present and the future, handcuffed to living in this world that seems to be on a downward spiral getting worse and worse, handcuffed to death that is today one day closer than it was yesterday. But today we celebrate the amazing one, the one who can, in a somewhat baffling way, escape us, break us free from all that binds us. As Paul talks about our God in Romans chapter 5, he says not only that we can and that we should, but that we will boast in him. Let's boast in our triune God because of the grace that we stand in, because of the hope that he builds us up in, and because of the love he pours out into our hearts. One of the most popular tricks that magicians perform is the teleportation act. The magician will open a door on one side of the stage and step into it, close the door behind him, and poof, all of a sudden, completely out of nowhere, unexpected, he will open a door on the other side of the stage and come out standing in a completely different place. It's quite amazing, actually. Well, the book of Romans is all about where we stand with God. Societies and cultures all around the world exchanged worship of the true God for things that God had created. They put those things up on a pedestal instead of God. They exchanged the truth for a lie, natural relationships for unnatural ones. They called what is right wrong and what is wrong right and took great pride in it. And for the few that did have right and wrong straight, they focused so much on the wrongs of others that they ignored their own wrongs. You and I included. On our own, we have no good standing in God's eyes, in God's presence. We deserve to be lying horizontal underground or writhing in condemnation. But God teleported, you and me, transported us to a completely different place unexpectedly so that we stand in his grace. Here's how. It wasn't with just some magic trick, and neither is it something that we could duplicate. Since then, we have been justified through faith. That means that Jesus, the Son of God, stood in our place and in the place of the whole world as he bled and was condemned and died at the cross. Because of what he paid there, the condemnation he suffered, all are innocent. Yet apart from faith, that standing is waived. It's rejected. It's dismissed. It's only through faith in Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we receive and have and hang on to that standing with God, that, that we are right with God, right in every way. That means that we have peace with God, as Paul says here. Peace, so that God is no longer angry with us. There's no more guilt. There's no more doubt about it. We have peace with him. We are right with God in every way. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He is God who saves us. He is the one chosen by God to come and carry out that mission. Our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we stand in grace. That's something that happened in the past, and it counts for every day. Every day, God's grace is yours, and you stand in it. It's not a light switch that you flick on when things are going well and is flicked off when you're having a bad day. You stand in God's grace through Jesus Christ every day. It's not based on your upbringing or what you've done or who you've been. It's all a gift. You don't ever have to wonder or worry about where you stand with God. You stand in his grace. It's, it's like an, all, uh, it's an all-inclusive backstage pass that's been given to you. And it stands every day. You stand in God's grace. This is something that we can be certain of because God tells us about it right here. And that means we can share it. We can take pride in it. We can type about it and talk about it. Let's boast in our triune God because of his grace in which we now stand. But also because of hope. When magicians are up on stage and doing their performance, their act, they make it look so easy, don't they? They wave their hands a little bit. They show you different sides of the contraption that they're working on. They'll walk around a table and wave their hands some more, and poof, all of a sudden, something amazing happens. But the truth is, it's really not that simple. There's a lot more to it. A stage performer needs to plan the act, acquire the supplies for it, set up the stage, he needs to coordinate with his assistants so that everything goes well. He needs to practice all the movements and the things that he's going to say. And quite frequently, those performers, those magicians, they end up subjecting themselves to great bodily harm. Harry Houdini would oftentimes hang upside down from a high building in a straitjacket. Or he would be sealed inside of a large milk container subjecting himself to great bodily harm. It's not as easy as it looks. And that's really what God is telling us here in Romans chapter 5. Listen again to what he says. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Paul lays out the process here that God uses to build us up in hope. He says here that we glory in our sufferings. The word for glory there is really the same word he used earlier, boasting. That is to say that we as Christians, we don't seek sufferings out, but when they come our way, we consider them very important and we talk openly about them. The word for sufferings here, Mr. C did a great job of laying that out in Bible class last week's Sunday morning. I'm sure there's all kinds of more good stuff for us to dig into this Sunday morning as well. But the word for sufferings there 
has to do with a tremendous amount of pressure placed on a person, pressing down, weighing down heavily on someone. The way the Bible uses that word, it's more so things from outside of us pressing against us rather than internal struggles. So that pressure could be things like persecution from the unbelieving world around us, could be wars or disasters or poverty, economic difficulties, health struggles, could be loss in a family, like a family member dies or a great amount of tension within a family. All of these kinds of sufferings that press hard. Paul says that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance is really holding up. When someone says, how are you holding up? It's how are you strengthened and able to endure what's pressing down on you. You have to when you're going through sufferings. But perseverance produces character. Character is the idea of successfully going through a test. And when you do that, because of the great ordeal that it was, it leaves a lasting and deep impression on you and who you are. Character. And character produces hope. God always uses the word hope in the Bible, connected to confidence and certainty. So it's not like when we say, I hope it won't rain tomorrow, or I hope the Brewers will win all their games this week. Well, that might happen, it might not. Maybe even a a better chance of it happening than it not happening, but it's not certain. We can't be completely confident the way we use the word hope, but God and the hope that he gives us, complete certainty, It's like Jesus told us in the gospel lesson this morning how the Holy Spirit would come and lead us into all the truth. Everything the Spirit says to us in his word about who he is and who the Son and the Father are, we can put our hope in that completely with full confidence because Jesus really and historically was born and lived and died and rose again all for us. We have complete confidence, full hope, in him. But back to Romans 5 specifically. God builds up our hope as he holds us up through sufferings. Because there, the evidence mounts higher and higher with each new struggle and suffering, with each new test and trial that we go through, that God gets us through. He has in the past. And that gives us confidence for the future. Through the temporary gloom here, he will deliver us into eternal glory there in heaven. You see how Paul says, we glory in our sufferings. Paul wants to lump you and me in with that, but we know better, don't we? We haven't gloried and boasted in our sufferings. When difficulties come our way, How often don't we instead grumble about it, duck and try to dodge it, make excuses, we complain, we blame, we crumble, and we give up when sufferings come our way. And our sinful nature is so twisted that instead of seeing sufferings as an opportunity for God to build us up in hope, instead, 
Our sinful nature uses that to squeeze all hope out of us. When we push away sufferings, sufferings that God intends to use for our good in life, we are really passing by ways that God wants to build us up in hope. We lose out on that. Yet Christ, in our place, embraced sufferings. He walked right into the sufferings that God laid out in his path, the deepest suffering at the cross, so that you and I have the highest hopes in him. That's hope that we can hang on to. That's hope that's real for us, no matter how deep our sufferings get here. That's hope that we can boast in. Boast in our triune God, even through sufferings, because he will use them to build us up in hope. But also boast in our triune God, in the love he pours out to us. When you watch a magician on stage, it really is quite baffling just where everything comes from. They pull a rabbit out of a hat, a card out of thin air, quarters from behind your ear. I've seen them pull thread out of their eye socket and it just keeps coming. Or different colored handkerchiefs coming out of their mouth all tied together. 20, 30, 50 feet long of it. Where does it all come from? It just keeps streaming from those magicians. Well, that's kind of the picture that God gives us here. Just like a river flowing, or a magician with always more up his sleeve, God pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That word for pour was used of the Holy Spirit poured out on Pentecost. It was used of Jesus pouring out his blood for us on the cross. It's used of the Holy Spirit being poured out on us abundantly in our baptism. It's used in the words of institution for communion. So many ways God pours his love out for us, but it really happens when the Holy Spirit tells us about how God put us first, that giving love that went into action for us all through Christ's death his word, and the sacraments that he instituted for us. God's love flows into our hearts as the Holy Spirit tells us about our God, the Father who loved the whole world. That means you and I are included no matter how bad we've been, no matter how far we've fallen. Our Father who gave his one and only Son our Father who protects us by the power of his name, our Father who sanctifies us by his word, by his truth, our Father who will give us anything we ask in the Son's name. God pours his love out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit as he tells us about the Son, the Son who showed the full extent of his love for us humbling himself to death, even death on a cross. He tells us about the Son who is the only way to the Father, who's preparing a place for us in those mansions as we speak. About the Son who gives us peace that lasts, peace like none other. He tells us about himself, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who declares and proclaims that the prince of this world stands condemned. The devil can't accuse us, has no control over us anymore. The spirit who leads us into all truth, 
who teaches us all things and reminds us of everything the Son told us. The Spirit who pours the love of God into our hearts week after week after week like a river flowing. And that doesn't disappoint. We will never be put to shame. We will never be disgraced because of God's love delivered to our hearts by His Spirit. That's something to boast about. Boast in our triune God and the love he pours into our hearts. One of Harry Houdini's most famous performances is when he allowed himself to be handcuffed and his legs put in irons and shackles. He was placed into a, a large wooden crate. That crate was nailed shut all the way around, weighed down with 200 pounds of lead and dumped into the water. Well, it didn't even take a full minute, a little under 57 seconds to be precise. And Houdini was free. He was walking around among them. And when they dragged that crate out of the river, they found that it was nailed shut still with the handcuffs and the leg irons still inside. People were amazed. How incredible. The news spread quite quickly, just how amazing that performance was. But what we humans so often tend to do is we want to put God in a crate, we want to put him in a box, in a way that we can understand. It makes sense to you and me. We can't. He can't be confined. He is greater than anything we could comprehend. He is larger, more important, bigger than anything we humans could ever contrive. He is one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each of the three persons of God is fully God, not one-third God. He is always one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not Father one day, Son the next, Spirit the day after that. No, it blows our mind and boggles our mind. We can't confine God to a crate. We can't understand him but we can be amazed at what he's done for us. He created the heavens and the earth and knit each of us together. He forms us and shapes us. He made us his own by Christ's work at the cross. He set us aside as his own people through faith. He has put us unexpectedly standing in his good graces. He builds us up in hope in, in a very mysterious way through sufferings. And he pours his love into our hearts. Let's talk about him. Let's spread the news. Let's remind each other and tell everyone around us. Because he is the one, the only, the amazing, the majestic, the all-powerful, the all-glorious triune God. Let's boast in him. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our creed for today is the first part of the Athanasian Creed. The Athanasian Creed, together with the Apostles and the Nicene Creed, are known as the three ecumenical creeds. All Christians all around the world for centuries hold to these creeds because they're a faithful explanation of what God's Word confesses. 
And you'll notice some strong language in here. It's because this creed was developed at a time when there were a lot of false teachings that were gaining in popularity, things contrary to what God's word expresses about who God is. This creed impresses upon you and me just how important our God and how he reveals his name is to us. And really things haven't changed a lot today, have they? There are so many different gods held by different cultures all around. What a blessing to know the one true God. So we confess together. Whoever wishes to be saved must, above all else, hold to the true Christian faith. Whoever does not keep this faith pure in all points will certainly perish forever. Now this is the true Christian faith. We worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity without mixing the persons or dividing the divine being. For each person, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is distinct, but the deity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory and co-eternal in majesty. What the Father is, so is the Son, and so is the Holy Spirit. The Father is uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father is infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father is eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. Yet they are not three who are eternal, but there is one who is eternal. Just as they are not three who are uncreated, nor three who are infinite, but there is one who is uncreated, and one who is infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, the Holy Spirit is almighty. Yet they are not three who are almighty, but there is one who is almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Yet they are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord, yet they are not three lords, but one Lord. For just as Christian truth compels us to confess each person individually to be God and Lord, so the true Christian faith forbids us to speak of three gods or three lords. The Father is neither made nor created nor begotten of anyone, the Son is neither made nor created, but is begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeds from the Father and the Son. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And within this Trinity, None comes before or after. None is greater or inferior. But all three persons are co-equal and co-eternal, so that in every way, as stated before, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Whoever wishes to be saved must have this conviction of the Trinity. We continue with prayer.
Triune God, you are the one eternal God whose name we praise forever. We could not have known you, our only Savior, if you had not revealed yourself to us. Remove from us all unbelief and grant us humble faith as we contemplate this high and holy mystery. Open our eyes to see the blessings that you send us each day, for anything good we have is only received through your mercy. Help us to stand confidently in your grace, grow daily in hope, and steadfast in your love. Lead us to serve you in all we do. Please bless the ongoing ministry in your name of our Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod and its northern Wisconsin district, of which we are part. Bless our convention in Appleton this week and continue to advance your kingdom among us. Heavenly Father, thank you for watching over Jane Koenig through her spine surgery this last week and Pete Prangy through a medical procedure as well. Please grant relief and continued recovery to both of these, your children. Please also watch over Michelle Keither through her upcoming hip surgery tomorrow. Bless the healthcare team and give the operation success, all of this according to your will. And Holy Spirit, you call ministers to work in your church. Please bless gospel outreach all over the world. Give wisdom and clarity to Pastor Bodie as he deliberates a call to serve as a home missionary in Colorado, as well as his call here at St. Paul's. Renew in all of us a zeal to share the word and to be involved in the Great Commission. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In love he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In perfect unity with his Son and the Holy Spirit, he is the source, guide, and goal of our lives now and always. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and thanks and honor and glory forever and ever. Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. Congregation may be seated for the distribution. <laughs> 